Cynic Empowerment. Last time on Cynic Empowerment. The United States is basically like a pay-to-play MMO. Like, if you have money, you can access the content and, like, do all the things. But if you don't have money, it's just a big fucking grind. And it sucks. And it's shitty. Damn it, another 20 years on this godforsaken, rut-filled <laughs> ha- hellscape? No! <laughs> yeah. No! no. This is I let me die, die damn it. I feel like as soon as I get the news, I'm just like, I'm just going to take the nearest <laughs> butter knife and shove it in my eye. <sighs> oh, man. And then there'll be some curmudgeons of the future be like, oh, how I envy... Ye souls of yesteryear that actually got to die and leave this hell rock. We now live for forever in eternal boredom and rutitude. In rutting. Oh fuck. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, no, I was I was I was I listened to some Mark Fisher talks and I was just like, damn, I see why this guy fucking killed himself now. Yeah. <laughs> This is like like a fucked up like thing to say, but like looking at it retroactively, it's like I'm feeling depressed and I'm just listening to you talk. And who even who knows what the fuck's going on in your goddamn brain? (laughs) Yeah, because he was like talking about like uh, like one thing he was talking about talked about a lot of different stuff. He was kind of all over the place, but um, that basically now with things like uh smartphones that basically human beings aren't even allowed to be bored it bored anymore and he's a british guy so he's talking about in context of things like punk rock that you know punk rock could have never been invented today because you know people were just fucking around bored and stuff like that to even create that as a genre and so now we have these phones that you know if you see a bunch of people at a bus stop waiting for a bus to come they're all staring at their phones to escape, you know, the eternal boredom that mm. is like ever present. But even surfing on your phone is boring. And so just, I don't know, he's just kind of like talking about how we're not allowed to be bored because we always have this thing. But even the thing, like even as we're curious, you know, scrolling through stuff, through social media and mm. stuff like that, we're still bored. And like just like the kind of eternal hell that plays and yeah, nothing stuff. can distract and, us know. at this point. And I think we're constantly looking for something to to distract us, right? To distract us. Isn't it the most annoying thing in the world? And I know we've discussed yeah. this in the past, but isn't it the most annoying thing in the world to be slightly self-aware? Like it's the worst place to be um, because yeah. once you reach that cusp of um, awareness. There's really no turning back. You can't just be like, oh, okay, now I want to take the blue pill um, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and 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 be no. done with it all. Yeah. Because I, I would much rather be the most intelligent, <laughs> ignorant person in the room than the least intelligent, tortured soul. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> yeah. Fuck, dude. God, yeah. No, and he yeah, and he touched on like a lot of different kind of stuff that I was like, huh. Well, what, what were yep, some of the that, stuff he touched on? You remember anything that really <laughs> stuck out? Um, one of the other things he kind of touched on that at first I was like, no, that's not true. And I was like, oh, fuck, that is kind of true. That basically uh, one concept was the idea of uh, um, 
like there is no kind there's no future in the context of our imagination anymore that if you look back at like the 50s and 60s you had things like the jetsons and like people that were alive then literally believed that we were going to live in a future hmm. where there were flying cars and that you know you could maybe only have to work for like an hour a day like george and then spend all your time at home and have robots doing all your bidding and all the shit like that. But now, um, like the concept of future is kind of just like another genre. Like it has its own, you know, handful of tropes that's kind of used to be symbolized, I guess, whenever you're like watching it in media or stuff like that mm-hmm. of everything being Chrome or I don't know, this, that, another, even shows like, uh, let's say like he didn't use this, but I'm just going to make this analogy because he's not alive to make it himself. Like it serves like the black mirror, like most of that, like it's supposed to be a future dystopia. It looks like now, right? Like there's nothing that's like futuristic or new about it. It's just like now. And so like we can't even imagine a future because we're so stuck in like the capital realism that is like, our present moment like there's no there's no past it we're just kind of like stuck and he he keeps and he he, uh continues with this thought when it comes to things like music that like there's not really any new sounds that are being developed that he was talking about the arctic monkeys and uh, because like this was the talk was given i don't know a few years ago when i guess i mean i guess they're still around but anyways like the arctic monkeys like they like a lot of their sound is just replicating 80s music mm-hmm. and when he like first heard it he thought it was 80s music but it's not it's a modern music it's so like and if you think of things like what was the sound of like the 60s you could like think of like specific bands that has specific like genre and sound and the same thing for like the 70s and 80s but like according to him you know we could argue this i mean sure there's people that could always find like examples but like in a general sense like there's not really like any sound that really kind of uh is iconic to like post 90s according to him that like sounds like of that time i mean you could uh i don't know like i guess look at specific finding specific examples but like in a general sense like there's nothing that's like iconic sure. that couldn't have yeah. been made earlier well, like well that's a good point sense. like there, um, there's this uh there's this lack of imagination there's this lack of of development through imagination well, and it well it fucked me up when he said that because I was like no because I listen to like lo-fi and like the, I've been listening to like this trap music and like stuff like that and then like I like I was so I was like having that thought in my head I was like this lo-fi and trap music that I'm listening to is literally taking <laughs> like old samples off of like old songs and like anime shows that already exist and just resampling a beat under it it's really literally just a regurgitation of media in a different form they're taking like old 50s um like samples from that like it's literally like the e like the epitome of everything he's talking about like it's not even it's i mean it's original in the sense that it, like this combination of sounds is different or unique but it's literally just like i don't know like a bunch of different shit just that's already existed thrown into a blender yeah. And then calling it a new yeah, thing, a reg- like, Fuck, a regurgitation dude. of an old Anyways, thing. Anyways, that yeah, that's, me that's, up. A, that's a good way to put it, man. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, anyways, he just talked about a lot mm-hmm. of kind of stuff like that that, like, I never like thought of it well, in those terms. I remember Chomsky, and so it just like it hurt more. Uh, and and also, um, 
uh, Chris um, Hansen. No, wait, not Chris Hansen. What was his name? Hedges. Yeah, Chris Hansen's the fucking guy off of uh, To Catch a Hedges? Uh, Predator, right? Probably. Uh, yes, that's the guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, To Catch a Predator. Um, yeah, Chris Hedges. Uh, they uh, discussed this concept of um, this, like, uh, a funnel of dumbing down, uh, you know, how things are getting uh, so bad, uh, things. Uh, that's yeah. a little bit too vague. How how the way in which we as a society approach problems... <laughs> you uh, know the thing! Uh, so incompetent due to the fact that we are relinquishing our tools at every turn because we don't recognize that we're giving them up. Uh, and, and the more um, incompetent we get and the more uh, unintelligible we get, uh, the more of these tools we give up to the point that we reach this, like, this tiny little pinhole of the funnel in which we're like scrambling to get back out with fewer tools than when we started. Um, it just compiles on itself. Um, and you yeah. can also take like, you know, all of the, uh, uh, all of the wealth inequality and, uh, and problems that that causes uh, and heap that on top of this funnel to make this snow cone of doom. That's like melting us out into oblivion. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know they always Snow get super leaky and nasty on the end. The lamest, uh, uh, the, like the lamest of like yeah. GI Joe Cobra uh, doomsday plots, and now. My final plot for world domination, and the snow cone of doom. In the nasty ass syrup that they always put too much of. Why do they put too much of that shit? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it never, yeah, it mm-hmm. always goes to the bottom. Until the very so end. And then like you're like, oh, wait, what's this, what's this blue shit coming out of the bottom? Of the I'm going to take like a big old, big old Until the end, it's just, just like, oh, drinking. oh. Yeah. Why? My, my taste buds are on fire from the, the fucking like raw syrupy methamphetamine that is this blueberry syrup. They're calling this blueberry? Damn. Yeah. Tastes like wealth inequality if you ask me. All right. So what kind of stories do we have today? I want to talk about how... Bill and Melinda Gates are the largest owners of American farmland. Yeah, that's a little bit of a surprise to me. How many? No, it's not a surprise to me. Oh, damn! Two hundred forty-two thousand acres. It's like the it's like the size of Rhode Island. A th- well, a third of the size of Rhode Island. So a third of the smallest state, but nonetheless, that's a quarter million for acres. one person to own. For one person to own. A formulant across as many as 18 states with the biggest holdings in Louisiana and Arkansas. How about that? Uh, well, so there's no links that uh, billionaires won't stop at to make a profit. And also, uh, billionaires know the world's fucked. Yeah. They're, they know the world fucked. They just think their wealth can isolate them and protect them from a devastated uh, burning hell rock. So my theory is that he sees the writing on the wall and realizes that uh, food insecurity is going to be a big issue and that he can either A, profit from it relentlessly, 
or B, at least ensure that he's like food secure. And then maybe mm. if we go into like a all out, like that now, that, now that's like me being literal and now, now like tinfoil hat, like pseudo serious, not really serious. It's like he can become a, a, the the new king in like a fucking, <laughs> if it becomes just like warring states where we have like feudal billionaire lords, you'll have like the, the, the meme edgelords, yeah. you know, swearing fealty to Elon Musk, thinking that if they like jerk him off enough, he'll like let him go live on Mars and have, uh, I don't know, uh, waifu body pillow wives or something. And then you'll have those that swear fealty to uh, Bill Gates. Mm, of course. Um, that maybe he'll uh, put their brains into a Windows uh, operating system and allow them to live forever. I, I, don't I think it's going to be a much better world, especially if we have a Thunderdome in which Bill Gates and Elon Musk have this like knockdown, drag out fight. See who can like rule Gasland or whatever the fuck. I can yeah. just imagine Bill Gates uh in like a uh uh like a like a plastic see through Roman chest piece with a bunch of like hoses and tubes running out of his fucking gas mask. Yeah, yeah. so that he can like yeah. breathe in the irradiated wasteland that he owns the majority of. You know, way to go, man. Exactly. Way to go, you win. Like, you win cool. capitalism. You're, 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 yeah. You're you're king of the burning Hellrock. I hope That's what hope you wanted all along, right? You you did this. You exactly. you contributed to this. Oh man! I, I oh, okay. So what really gets Fuck. me? The first thing that gets me about this is not necessarily that they uh, own a ridiculous amount of land, but more so that this guy is one of the wealthiest people on earth, and he can't afford a decent haircut. Look at that guy! Like, look how terrible his haircut is. I know. You see, the thing is that you're a hair connoisseur now. And that doesn't stand. Well, out look to at me how personally. it's like all weird looking on the. It's not good. Like it looks like all messy and shit. He probably paid a lot of money for that haircut. It's probably intentionally yeah. messy. I bet if you like interrogate him about that, he's like, actually, I let my niece cut my hair because I'm a something of a family man, and I prefer to take all of my yeah. luxury income and give it to the poor indigenous peoples of wherever oh to help gosh. them with their diseases and and birth rate problems. <laughs> Oh, here's a fucked up quote. I didn't realize this. According to Modern Farmer, as of 2019, about 40% of American farmland is rented, not owned. A system that can divert subsidies to the landowners instead of the actual farmers, a.k.a. the actual workers. And one that also means owners are reaping the benefits of their land investment regardless of what their farmers sow. Author Dan Notsowitz writes that this emphasis on ownership means farmland in this sense, isn't about the farm, it's mm-hmm. about the land. Ah, uh, yes, tenant farming. What, what a beautiful thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it is. Tenant farming didn't go uh, let's the fuck see. away, apparently. Oh, on page 15, this is that. excellent. So I'm actually on USDA.gov. So let me skip on down to page uh, 15 on this, uh, this, little, uh, this little PDF here. I mean, this is straight out of the horse's mouth. Um... And uh, we have a little, oh, there it is right there. Uh, So 15. So we have the 
agricultural land ownership distribution uh, as it varies by state and by region. Uh, so what do we have here? So we have a um, uh, an owner operator. Um, okay, excellent. So uh, in Appalachia, for example, we have Kentucky and North Carolina, where we see actually a majority uh, of uh, uh, farms being operated by the owner, uh, 69 and 57 percent respectively. And uh, there are some states in which it's a little higher, and there are a lot of states in which it's a lot lower. Um, but the fact of the matter remains, like, mm. how is it that even half, you know, some, uh, let's see, the, the lowest number that I see here is, uh, let's see, we've got a 48 percent, we've got a 46, we've got a 40. Uh, okay, so in the state of Illinois, uh, we only have 40% owner operation uh, of agricultural land, uh, which of course means that the remainder of that is going to be, uh, um, well, if I'm if I'm reading that correctly, then the rest of that is going to be you know tenant farming, you know effectively. Um, so yeah, yeah, that I think that that does technically ring true, and uh, according to the USDA. Uh, our our source material there that's that's also true that's pretty fucked up hmm right yeah and there's like the added layer that land is a limited mm-hmm. resource you can't just make more land so you know yeah if it's fertile land yeah, yeah and uh, only well, so much, only fertile, so land. much fertile land of course in um the upcoming years, soil degradations, uh, the depletion of nutrient-rich soils, oh, yeah. uh, the issues caused by uh, a lack of sustainable um, uh, agricultural practices will leave us with less and less and less arable soils. Um, so that that's a that's a problem that yeah. is just it just simply compounds. Uh, you know this this. Uh, um, capitalist snow cone scenario um that uh we're 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 (laughs) quickly running towards um you know not to mention uh the use of uh fossil fuels in order to farm that land is growing is going up at an exponential rate um oh yeah you know i doubt that there's a whole lot of attention that's being paid to fuel efficiencies outside of those which directly impact uh immediate uh revenue um, uh, uh, benefits. Um, and, uh, of course there's not enough green fuels and, um, uh, energy sources to, uh, counteract the, uh, the efficacy of fossil fuels at this point, uh, beyond the fact that they're going to save the planet in the future. (laughs) Right. Uh, so yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're, with that future that doesn't we, we exist imagine in our mentalities, you know, that we they're, can't they're imagine. totally outside of the the realm of of possible inclusion. Yeah. Mm. Hurts. Yeah, that, that's the place where the mm. fossil. That's where the place where mm-hmm. the green energies are going to save us. Oh hey, the uh, fuck well, yeah! Before we speaking before of we move fossil on to, fuels, I was reading some. I, I see ah, an ah, interesting ah, little ah, thing here. Ah, uh, oh, it oh, says the West ah. is associated with the lowest percentage of land owned by non-operator landlords. That's that's pretty interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, of twenty-four percent operator landlords. That's a nice little thing. What, what were you about to say? Oh, there was something that basically I can't remember if it was Exxon 
or which giant oil baron, let's just assume it's Exxon because fuck it, it's usually Exxon, that basically in their uh, annual report or whatever of the amount of crude oil they pumped out of the ground, you know, in the projections, that basically they have hit peak oil, that this is the most oil they have ever been able to suck out of the earth and that all of their future projections show them sucking out for less oh, wait, and say less that again? oil. What, 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 what do you, due to I, this. I didn't quite catch that. So, okay, so they're saying that the, mm-hmm. the amount of oil that they got this past year is the most that they've ever gotten, and that all but all future projections are showing that they're going to have less oil, indicating that there's less oil in Uh-oh. the earth for them to suck out. Um, they've al- they've only had positive increases in growth in the projections for the amount of oil they're going to get the next year because that's how they make their money. Their incentive is to suck out as much oil as possible. The projections Yikes. only show them getting more oil. And now, from their own re- from their own internal reports, they from their the horse's mouth once again they're saying that all future project- projections show them ripping less oil out of the earth, indicating that. We okay. probably so, have reached uh, at this point. I, I have to call into question the source material, right? Like this is coming from the uh, producers, uh, you know, uh, the crude oil, uh, you know, the people who are acquiring this resource. Okay, so uh, uh, throughout yeah. the course of the last, mm, I don't know, 40, 50 years, uh, we've seen an increase in rhetoric in regards to uh, uh, something into the, to the effect of uh, "dim government gonna come take your guns," and that, of course, has seen with it um, an exponential growth in the acquisition of ammunition and firearms. Um, some of which could, if you were conspiratorially minded, be a marketing campaign at the hands of the manufacturers of various arms and ammunitions because they know that people are going to then scramble in order to get as much of this resource, which they know our society is is in some way, shape, or form built on, especially in the Western world being an imperialist nation, warfaring, and so on and so forth. Uh, and, you know, some of which is, uh, you know, this delusion of might makes right kind of, uh, you know, uh, Mad Maxian hellscape scenario in which you have to like constantly fend off your private property from interlopers, um, but uh, in the same respect, uh, you could do that with oil, right? You, you could say like, oh, you know, we're running out of oil. Um, if there ever was a time to start to try to stock up, uh, you know, maybe you've considered buying that uh, that 500-gallon tank so that you can store a little bit extra for a rainy day. Now's the time to do it. Uh, you know, go ahead. Um, you know, we've seen over the course of the past year that people are highly, highly influenced by the prospect of not having enough. And we know that when Americans are threatened with not having enough, they want more. They go out and they try to get as much as they possibly can because they know that we live in a society in which they as individuals are not taken care of. So they're going to try to do everything they can to acquire as much as they can so that them and and theirs don't have to worry about whatever potential fallout could result from an apparent scarcity such as uh, an oil drought um 
you know, which might be looming on the horizon, might not be, I don't know. Uh, It's just a thought, just a theory, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, I, I, I can't. Otherwise, why would they share that, right? You, like, why uh, would they? Why would they share that information the with the public? Validity one way or, they or another. Uh, well, well, I think it's probably like their force two thing or Frozen Eternal log- document oh, that was okay. leaked. Unfortunately, I'm talking about something that I read a, a little while back that I don't have. But that, yeah. So, uh, but if anything, like just to make like a counterpoint, though, since their business model mm-hmm. is based on uh producing oil and people invest in this company so they can reap dividends from them selling oil i would think that it, it would be a bad well, right. thing for the company I, overall i guess it would highly depend on whether or not they to were the public unless what you're obligated to do so which to the be. extent that they were literally forced to do it because even if they were legally obligated to do yeah. so it would still seem against their you know their their uh, mm-hmm. uh in their benefit uh to divulge such information so i would i would take the hit you know (laughs) if there was a fee associated with not divulging that Mm -hmm. information i would certainly keep that in my back pocket and accrue whatever right uh fine like oh uh, the billion dollar fine yeah i mean hey you know if jp morgan can do it so can we (laughs) like (laughs) it's a hell of a lot worse than uh well i mean so it still doesn't seem like it would right. negatively impact their bottom line. Like, oh, we're running out. People freak out and buy more. That's just that's 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 how that's how people in the United States uh, are operating, have operated yeah. over the course of the past year. I feel like it's pretty apparent. Like, if you're threatened with uh, toilet paper shortages, what do you do? You, you you camp out in front of supermarkets. You wait until they open, and you you go in and you you uh, you you beat the hell out of the nearest single mother for whatever paper product she's holding in her hand so you can wipe your ass with it you know going back to what we were initially discussing um yeah there there are shortages left and right um and as we use up more of the earth's resources uh the apparent scarcity um and uh, you know resulting droughts that are caused by overconsumption or 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 thoughtless consumption uh will become apparent in these um these settings uh, in which hopefully people aren't going to continue to to fight and scavenge and and kill each other for what's left, um, and that's that's a that's a high hope. That's a that's probably not going to happen. You know, if if history has been any indicator of how humans will react um, after uh, uh, even uh, the the slightest hint of scarcity, they're they're probably going to continue to fight over what little is left and. Um, you know the, the the scraps of the table that are left for all of the working class at the at the bottom of the heap. Uh, okay, so th- this this story, of course, yeah. Bill and Melinda Gates own a shit ton of farmland, and I sincerely doubt that either of them have spent any time whatsoever working on a farm. <laughs> um, not, not not that that's necessarily a precursor for owning farmland. I don't know. Um, But, uh, you know, they they certainly recognize the value in something like real estate, Um, you know, a a particular type of real estate, uh, one that uh, is able to produce the sustenance that we need to survive. Um, 
was discussing a while back um uh well when we were discussing uh uh the uh yep. um the farm bill protests that are happening in India um you know have been going on for quite some time uh you know the the largest protests uh that uh, mm-hmm. humanity has been able to usher in to date mm-hmm. and it it goes to show that these people recognize the value of of farming mm-hmm. they recognize the value of of their labor and what it means to society you know what happens when so many farmers so many laborers in the agricultural sector decide to stop doing what it is that they are so essentially here to do uh you know have done uh we starve you know we we can't eat we 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 can't fulfill one of our most basic needs it's the most effective type of protest yep. that I, I think could could possibly be you don't have to resort to violence you just simply don't do the thing exactly that, that is very very apparent either yeah yeah it, it, it every everybody it, it just makes it very apparent just how valuable those folks are so I guess it, you know. Hopefully, if someone in Illinois, in particular, is listening, sixty percent of the farmland there is rented out. You know, chances are you're a tenant farmer, and you should recognize that with being a farmer, you hold a a very uh you wield a power that many folks don't have. You know, that being the the power of essentialism, right? You're, you're important. You, know, you, 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 you are essential workers. <laughs> you are essential workers, yeah. Oh, now, now, now sacrifice your bodies back on the, the front lines mm-hmm. so we can have necessities. Yeah. It's, it's pretty fucked up. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Did I? Oh, no, I don't think I sent you the article. What There's it like, was it Tyson Chicken? It was some chicken company mm-hmm. that was like betting on how many of the workers in their like their chicken manufacturing plant would get covid and die. Did I send uh, you this article? I want to say it's Purdue, but let me let me look it up again. Fuck, dude. Like what the fuck? Sorry. Like it just it just reminded me of that. It's just like what, like how fucking evil can you be? Just to like No, it's it's Tyson. It's Tyson uh in you know, Iowa. You notice this, you mm-hmm. you see it's an issue, you know it's an issue, and instead of doing any kind of preventive measures to try to make it better, you you fucking make bets on it. You know. Mm. I don't I don't believe in hell, but I'm pretty sure that should that should give you a front yeah, you know, first class ticket to hell. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. This so this was this article was from uh November of twenty twenty. Um, and, uh, in the, uh, Waterloo, Iowa area, um, there was a, a pork processing plant, uh, that still ordered employees to report for work. Uh, and the supervisors, meanwhile, privately wagered money on the number of workers who would be sickened by Corona. Uh, that's, uh. A very interesting way to to go about entertaining oneself in the midst of a pandemic. What the fuck, dude? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't get what, it. I, we, <laughs> we have this conversation almost every episode now. But if I wrote a book, yeah, it's bad. It's just like it, it's I, bad writing. <laughs> you know, you're not be gonna like, get picked nah, up, dude. 
Yeah, but come on. Like, that's too far-fetched and nutty. Mm. No, that's life. That's life. That's living in America. It's just, yeah. And you know these people aren't getting paid shit. No. You know, you don't get paid a lot of money to work in a meat processing plant. You got a lot of illegal immigrants and stuff like that that are doing literally whatever they have to do to get by. And to have these heartless fucking monsters uh, mm. making oh, bets... Man. On how many people would get sick and possibly die as a result of fucking coronavirus. So, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, uh, animal slaughtering and processing, uh, which has an employment of roughly 70,000 people, the annual mean wage is, would you like to guess? $23,000 a year. That's actually pretty high, or uh, pretty low. It's $28,620. That sucks. (laughs) So, What's that like nine dollars an hour? Um, uh, it's it's about fifteen. So yeah, yearly salary is like twenty eight. Uh, then your hourly salary salary is like uh, fourteen something. That's better than I thought it would be, but still not great. Oh yeah, it's it's certainly not not enough. Um, you know you're you're still going to struggle most there. places, especially if you have children. Yeah, mm. I mean that's just a it's a tough ass job. Like it's. You're you're like yeah. you're killing animals and packaging them all day. <laughs> yeah, probably dangerous as fuck yeah. too. Yeah, lot lot of sharp stuff, lot of diseases. Yep. Ugh. They only levied about thirty thirty thousand dollars worth of of fines on these places. <laughs> so like, if you want to if you want to like flick Jesus some Christ. jump change at us, then yeah, we'll we'll, we'll call yeah. it even. Yeah, no big deal. Even then, it's like I don't give yeah. a shit. Like, <laughs> I had somebody. Uh, uh, we were, I was talking to somebody about like the role of government today, and they were like, "Oh yeah, well the government works for us." I'm like, I don't know what kind of world you've been living in, man. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> yeah bro, the government has what never the fuck? worked for you, bud. Like, <laughs> dude. Yeah, like uh, unless unless you uh, have like uh, some politician that you're personally personally funding their campaigns, they do not give yeah, not, a single not fuck, one fuck about in, you. In fact, they probably view you as a resource. Like you are someone that makes their uh, you know their beloved economy numbers go up or down depending on how much they can exploit the fuck out of you. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's rich. I can't believe people still exist in this day and age that could say that and <laughs> without Tennessee laughing dude. like it's um good. yeah and you uh, s- see a lot of fucked up shit i'm sure you see some fucked up shit in kentucky i mean i don't know i haven't left my house in a year so it's gotten bad that much. don't do it <laughs> <laughs> it's gotten worse okay. like i feel like everybody just like dropped a couple iq points <laughs> damn uh, it's really rough though. Uh, you, you want to, you, you're seeking, um, this, this kind of discourse, uh, you know, like if, if you, if you have had the privilege of, uh, researching the scenario over the course of the past year and actually dipping into, uh, you know, some of the potential causes and solutions, uh, uh, the, the, the processes which brought to bear this terrible pandemic and in the way in which it just like swept over the world and killed so many people. I, I think that uh, the, the final numbers for the year were somewhere around uh, like 550,000 people dead. 
um, something that in the United States alone. So, you know, it stands to reason that uh, uh, we want to reach out to people. We want to connect. We want to uh, see if other people had a similar experience, if they want to do something about the scenario that they found themselves in. Oh, yeah. And unfortunately, I'm not finding that. Like, we... Yeah, like, no, I'm good. Things could get worse. Exactly. Things could be worse. (laughs) Yeah, like, we still live in the best country in the world (laughs) kind of shit. Yeah. Like, ew. Like, and and there's always, like, you know, some forum out there where, like, people are going on. It's like, oh, yeah, the United States is not that great, blah, blah, blah. And, like, somebody will pipe in from a third world country and be like, you have no idea how good you have it here in the United States. And then all of these, like, conservative dipwads will be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, listen to that third world country person. The third world country person who shares the same opinion that I have is very much right. You should listen to them. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, bud. <laughs> yeah. Every, everyone that has the same opinion that I have. You yeah. Listen, listen to, to the person, person in the shithole country. I mean, the third world country. They're 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 definitely yeah. they're they're right. They they know what they're talking about. They've seen communism firsthand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just you know, just don't just you know handpick their opinion and forget all these other opinions that say something mm-hmm. different and contrary to what I believe. <sighs> <clears throat> yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty I, cool. I, I really like uh, Bill and Melinda Gates. They're the best. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, do you think that they're just like sitting there uh, in front of a, uh, a a a ridiculously heavy, thickly varnished desk? You know, just some kind of yes man shuffling papers in front of them, and uh, Bill and Melinda are just like uh, so. Um, where else should we invest in order to diversify our stock portfolios? Uh, we would like to have them be as robust as possible following the the downfall of humanity. Where should we invest? And there's this <laughs> yeah. fucking like, uh, nasty-ass dude. He's basically like a worm tongue off of Lord of the Rings, you know, like whispering this nasty-ass shit in the, in the king's oh, yeah. ear. And he's like, well, I think that you should buy as much farmland It's Possible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the princess would be mine. You have no power <laughs> here. Gandalf Stormcrow. Oh man. Uh that's that's great. That's that's great news. I'm really happy that I now know that. What's some other stuff that's going on in the world today? What do we got here? Yeah. Uh, U.S. Air Force just admitted the F-35 okay, stealth so fighter has We're talking failed. about the F-35s are supposed to be like super fast and lightweight. They're going to replace a whole bunch of old school F-16s from the Cold War, right? Um, yeah. And uh, I think the oh pro- yeah, this is like a twenty-year project, nineties like or uh-huh. some shit. Yeah, um, lead contractor Lockheed Martin. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep, and nice. uh, yeah, not working out. Not not really working out the way that they hoped it would. A um, million dollars a plane. Yeah. Oh oh, sorry. A hundred million dollars. <laughs> There's a plane. two zeros behind that. Uh, $100 million per plane. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, that's yeah. a spicy, that's a 
spicy price oh. tag. Ah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I, th- I think ever since the project started, they've sunk over two trillion dollars oh. into Damn. these planes alone. Ah, uh, that, yeah, that's, that's, uh, <laughs> that's like you don't you don't get the T that often. You don't get the. That's a tip of the tongue. Tip of the Wait, what's the thing? That's a. Oh wait, no. Sorry, excuse me. One point seven oh, trillion, 1. not 7 quite two trillion. trillion. My apologies. I'm gonna try to say that as much as possible because that's really fun to say. Yeah. <laughs> you got a trill, trill, trill. It's a big yeah, it's number. It's a big trill, number trill, that trill. I just don't get. I don't understand. I don't understand a billion. I don't really understand a million all that well, to be honest. Like, I mean, I guess there's a possibility I could have like a million of something yeah. in my life. I could probably have like a million depressing thoughts. I could probably get there, <laughs> but um, a billion? Nah, I don't think I could have a billion of anything. I mean, uh, no. a trillion? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I can't have. Yeah, I can't have a trillion of anything. Because a, bil- <laughs> a billion is a thousand million dollars. So imagine having a million dollars a thousand times, but then a trillion. Is a thousand billion dollars. Yeah, I don't. I, my brain doesn't. I can't expand it that much. No, it doesn't yeah. doesn't work no. that way. Yeah. I can't. I can't do that. that. Uh, so it's a it's a massive amount of money. It's a huge, huge, huge amount of money. Um, uh, I guess I'll pay it to Lockheed Martin, right? Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, because that's who they contracted. Yeah, military through, industrial yeah, for complex. It to be a, a total flop. And they get it yeah, back because they didn't hey. fall fall through, right? Or was wait, who gets what? They, back? they get all that money back because oh, no, I, I know that's not how it works. Okay, so they basically oh, they give my. Lockheed Martin this one point seven trillion dollars, and then Lockheed Martin's like, uh, "Here's a steaming pile of shit," and then the United yeah, States go. government is just like, <clears throat> "That's uh, that's not what we ordered." I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought I thought you gave me 1.7 trillion dollars to give you a steaming pile of shit on a platter. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're getting. Well, like, like I feel like the the story for this so long has been it's like, oh, we invested so much money into it. We just got to keep. We got to throw some more money at it so they mm-hmm. can fix the problems. And they've been doing that for the past 20 years, and now they're just like. Yeah, it's, this isn't going yeah, to work. It, it probably is the same guy that was watching over yeah, this. Um, and every yeah. once in a while, they would have the board meeting and be like, oh, my God, like another million dollars for this project? Um, Johnson, what are you thinking? Like, what are you doing? It's like, okay, look, look, I know it seems like a lot of money. I know that we've already sunk $1.7 trillion into this project. But think how much money it would cost to start all yeah, over think again. Think about how much. Think about, and we're about to have a bunch of super cool, hypersensorized sneaky planes. We will be undefeatable. There's no way that any air force in the world could even touch us. And then somebody in the back of the room was just like, "Aren't we already like the leading military force that's ever been known in the world?" And everybody was just like, "Dude, drop this fucking shit. We don't. We don't need that." We don't need that. And then, like, there's another guy from, like, Lockheed Martin in the room. It's just like, ignore them. Ignore them. Give them more money. Ignore them. Give them more. It's like, like, come on, bro. Don't be a boner droner. They're like, what? Like, don't be a fucking boner droner. It's like, what the fuck does that mean? It's like, you just droned all of our boners. You just came in here. 
like a goddamn drone, and we were had we had these we had these piping hot boners for the F thirty five, and he just fucking like, droned them all. How much does it cost to run our military? Like, I mean, like if if you had to like, like dude. Like, for example, if, like, if I was Cersei Lannister, could I buy the United States military? Like, I, probably, probably not. not. I don't know. She, like, she bought the, like, fucking, like, uh, Golden <laughs> Army or whatever the fuck those mercs were. I guess pretty much what the United States is, right? Yeah, but, the, the, like, one, one fucking F-35 is worth more than all the Gold Whoa. Army. And they made, like, one a handful. Seven trillion dollars yeah dollars worth of them which was like what two uh planes, well plane? each of the planes is 100 million right <laughs> right we, we yeah but but then there was right. a lot of like testing but they don't and, and work the right and they, so they were trying to like engineer yeah, the exactly outside developing to be like slicker than a baby's bottom oh wait uh okay so 15 years after f-35's first flight air force has just 250 jets okay so they have 250 of them that's that's a and they don't work. And they, don't work. Or, and they require like a shit ton of maintenance, right? Like I think it was the maintenance that did them in, because everybody was like, yeah. "What the fuck are we supposed to do with these things? Yeah, like, the, if they break, yeah. none of us know how to fix these goddamn sensors. They break. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I see it described in this article several times as the Ferrari of um, uh, F-35s. And if anyone knows anything about Ferraris, Ferraris spend half their time in the shop getting fixed because. Well, that's what the average what consumer knows about it. Same with like Lamborghinis or a lot of like these special. Oh yeah, they're like these yes. specialty like uh, luxury cars. They're they're that's right. They, they're they're meant for show. They uh, they don't I work so good. Actually, encountered a pair of hair clippers the other day. There's a brand that markets itself uh, by associating with high end Ferrari engines. They claim that the electric motor that is inside of these little bitty clippers is Ferrari designed. So I guarantee you that if you went to the average American uh, taxpayer and you were like, hey, would you mind if we took all of your taxpayer dollars and we funneled them into this $1.7 trillion uh, idea to expand research for F-35s, which happen to be the Ferraris of jet planes. Would you do it? And they'd be like, hell yeah, I love Ferraris. Ferraris are great. They have one of the most successful marketing campaigns of all time for whatever fucking reason. <laughs> they make red cars. I like red. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like a fire engine, but <laughs> faster. <sighs> yeah. Oh, man. I, I feel like I would just, I would be a lot better with just like twice as many low-end fighter jets. Yep. Like, ah, man, no. Let, let's hope you got a bunch of red barons, dipwad. Let's see what you got. <laughs> yeah. Dog fight my ass. It's I like got cold. two planes for your yeah. every one. What are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, and and they're well maintained. <laughs> Let's hope you can make it to the second battle, diplomats. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, so uh, let's see what what else do we got here? Um, oh, this guy's a this guy's a badass. This one's Don funny. Young, representative Don Young. Mm. Now this man is uh, 
He's tough. He's tough. And his hands are registered as deadly weapons. Oh, he's Texas tough. Mm-hmm. Of Alaska? Is that where he's he's a representative of? Um, I don't fucking know. Yeah. I don't know who the fuck this guy is. I was just reading uh, this. I was just yeah. like, what the fuck? He is in Alaska. Okay, yeah. So, in yeah. Alaska. Yes. He 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 look th- this guy is quite literally he, he this is what Absolutely. Tennessee Tom's yeah. gonna look like when he's seventy years old. He's got old. a bolo tie. Uh like this is yeah. <laughs> oh my fucking god, he does. I couldn't see it at first underneath his triple chin, but he... Oh, my fucking God. Because most of the time when you wear a tie, bolo mm-hmm. tie or otherwise, you can kind of see it <laughs> at the collar. <laughs> and it's like up and down. It's like vertical because like that's how ties are. <laughs> ties are vertical. They go up and down because they go down your chest. But his triple chin is so big, it's yeah. choking out his bolo tie. And it's like horizontal and because the his in the webcam that the zoom shot is from he's like it's horizontal with the zoom camera so you can't quite see oh, it man. unless you're looking for it yeah, oh my he's, god he's pretty gross uh actually if i if i was oh. describe um you know this guy uh with the the bullnecked man from tale of two cities kind of like uh, comes to mind uh, it, because like the bolo tie is like it's like squeezing his neck, which his head looks kind of like if you were to like take your thumb and look at it, and imagine that there was like a little face on there with some like eyes that like one looks really sleepy, and they both got little sleepy eyes on them, and then like you, the mouth is like slightly agape because it constantly has to be open in order to to suck air into this like gigantic belly. That that seems to be like uh that that's probably where his body ends. He's probably like one of those yeah. bobo clowns that just has like a really like just like a round belly bottom. Oh, yeah, it's just a round. He's just shaped like a fucking With bowling pin. Deadly, deadly hands. <laughs> yeah, so they're talking about banning guns from the uh, the house rep floor, I guess. Uh, and he says that basically there's no point in them banning guns because he can nice. kill a man with that his bare hands. That is a logical fallacy, <laughs> sir. But let's let's indulge you for a moment. Uh... <laughs> okay, wait, and here's a quote here. So the bizarre boast was reminiscent of Young's claim in 2014 before a campaign debate with challenger Forrest Dunbar. He said, don't you ever touch me. Don't ever touch me. The last guy who nice. touched me ended okay, up so maybe on the ground you know, maybe, uh Maybe he actually did kill someone. Um, if he's boasting about it, that's a little uh, odd. I've, I've definitely heard people talk about their experiences in the military conflicts and how they've taken life in the past. And the grand majority of them are really not there. They're not going to boast about it, you know, especially in any kind of public forum. So the fact that this guy is doing that uh, either means like, yeah. one, he didn't fucking do it, or two, he's a goddamn psychopath. Like, he, it's one of those two things. Yeah, it's terrible. Either exactly. Way. Either way, it's like, yeah. 
Well, oh. What if it turned out it was like the last person to ever touch him? Okay, was so his like father, it's not like his father just died of natural me. causes. It was more like, don't you ever touch me? <laughs> don't ever touch me. The last guy that touched me ended up on the ground dead. You know, he was very sad when he said it. You know, <laughs> the tone is actually it, it's it's not, it's not part <laughs> yeah. of that statement. They're just like, look at what this guy said. He's evil. And he's like, no, I was talking about my father. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> yeah, he was having a heart attack. I was only six years old. I didn't know how to yep. use a phone. Uh, so I mean, it, it's basically the argument. Um, well, you know, guns uh, should be allowed because some people have hands that are basically as effective killing weapons as guns are. <laughs> Yikes, dude! Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guns okay, don't kill sure. people. My hands do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh fuck! Young again referred to his army training of sixty-five years ago and said, "It's not about safety. I was trained to do what I was supposed to do. I'm pretty good with what I have into what, what, my elbows." <laughs> What? That's such a weird way to phrase. Wait, what? I'm pretty good with what I have into, into my, my elbows. elbows. There's like a hyphen there, so it's like I'm pretty good with what I have hyphen into into my elbows. Into my elbows. I don't I don't <laughs> understand what he's trying to say. Maybe he maybe maybe. Oh, you. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, and like he just like whips him out on the. Wait, maybe he's actually RoboCop. And he has, uh, I don't know, rocket-propelled grenades that come out of his elbows. <laughs> okay, so the the amendment failed, uh, 19 <laughs> yeah. to 25, and then Young left the meeting then and didn't vote. Yeah, he can't uh, so he ban was, guns because these are my gun um, arms. I mean, it's, it's kind uh, of interesting. Like, once you get to a certain age, I guess you're just like, eh, you know what, fuck it. You know, just to you know, th- throw it all out. Uh, everybody be armed at all points of time of the day because that's the great equalizer. Nothing bad could possibly happen if every single person was armed, right? Um, hmm. I don't know. Like, part of me w- would like to believe that that uh, you know, like the yeah, in a perfect world, right? <laughs> in a perfect world where everyone has agency through the use of violent force, yeah, but. I don't know. I don't. I don't trust that guy not to choke himself with his own goddamn bolo tie. I, I'm not going to trust him with a firearm. I don't want anybody having the ability to just like enforce their <laughs> their shitty opinions on someone else because they have lethal force. Like that's that's really lame. <laughs> I don't really like that. I mean, it's the whole reason why we have like the Black Lives Matter protests. Like, <laughs> police are shitty. Like, it, police wouldn't be shitty if they didn't have the ability to use lethal force at any point in time because then people could just be like ah, can you just like fuck off yeah. like i would really like not want to deal with you right now so just go away dude the comment section on this article is, is savage yeah oh no the <laughs> truly no disrespect but the first thought that came to mind was job of the hut <laughs> and then this other one's also gold this is coming from a fat ass whose oh, natural man. enemy is a 
staircase, eat another Big Mac, and shut the fuck up. Oh, man. <laughs> a buffoonish, bullying, blowhard blimpy waxes ineloquently about elbows attached to marshmallow mitts. Man. Oh. <laughs> oh. It's like, that's like oh, modern-day Shakespeare. Man. That was good. <laughs> That was oh, <laughs> was that <man>. iambic pentameter? <laughs> it was something. I mean, it, it was it was alliteration for certain. It's uh, beautiful. Yeah. Mm. What a tune. Hurt. Uh, yeah, that's pretty great. That was fun. Um, what was that? Does that about wrap up this episode? I think that's about it. All right. Okay, I guess yeah. on that note, thank you all for listening to us. If you would like to uh, tell us about your marshmallowy, mellowy, mushroomy, muffy mittens, <laughs> you can do so by emailing us at cynicempowerment at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you there. You can also tweet at us at cynicempowerme1, or you can like us on Facebook at cynicempowerment. Send us a message there. Or, uh, yeah. Please, if you're listening to any listening apps out there, like, review the show. It means a lot to us and helps other people find us. Yeah. Helps other people find us like a lost $1.7 trillion. I had to work in one more time. <laughs> <laughs> helps you find us like Worm Tongue helps Bill and Melinda Gates find the last plot of arable land in the United States. I'm here to diversify your stock portfolio.